When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Last Drinks Podcast, a new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol, reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives, and hosted by me, Maz Compton. Sober since 2015. Fiona Redding is the happiness hunter. In this week's episode of Last Drinks, Fiona shares the moment that she had in her car driving along with her two young children in the back when she realised she needed to stop drinking. Call it an epiphany, a spiritual awakening, whatever it was, it was the thing that led her to her last drink and turned her life around from something she absolutely did not want to live to a life of fulfillment, positivity, contentment, happiness, and joy. Enjoy Last Drinks with Fiona Redding. Fiona Redding, tell me about your last drink. Okay, Maz, I can't tell you about my last drink, but I can tell you about my memory of a merge of lots of last drinks. I just, I actually could not go on for one more day. And there was a few things that had happened. It was probably a day or two earlier. Maybe it was a week or so earlier. I can't really remember now, but I was actually found myself at about 10.30 in the morning, actually swigging whiskey out of a bottle in the, we know obviously it was in the liquor cabinet or something. And I was just thinking, this has gone beyond now. Like this is just not, yeah, just having a few drinks. Like this is actually intentionally now just having to completely zone out or just make this day disappear somehow. So what were the events that led you to a place? And I will just say on the record, I did not raise my eyebrows when you said you were swigging whiskey at 10.30 in the morning because I've been there, girlfriend. You're there because you don't have the resources and the tools in your toolkit to cope with your life at the at the time. So what was going on in your life that was driving you to drink to a point where you just wanted to forget about the day? Ahead? I was so unhappy, Maz. And I um I look back now and I just I just want to give that Fiona just such a big hug and let her know that it's gonna be okay. But I was so unhappy. So I'd always been a really, really, really big drinker and it was like my life had always kind of been built around my drinking. I don't know, it just always had like drinking was such a big part of it. And I'd kind of been able to manage, like I always had good jobs and I was I studied, I took myself back to uni, I travelled a lot, I had relationships, you know, I had great friends. Like I had like actually quite a really good life in a lot of respects, but I was still not, didn't really ever really know who I was. And then I... um very unexpectedly fell pregnant with my son in 2008 when I was living in the UK and decided to come back to Melbourne and make a go of it with my son's father. 
So he came back over to Australia too. And then my brother-in-law got diagnosed with terminal cancer and he ended up dying when my son was three months old. And um, my ex and I were sort of trying to make this relationship work because we'd only been together for a very short period of time before um, Ariston was born and I was trying to get work and I couldn't get work and we had no money and we were renting and we are just living in this dive. And um, I just was like, couldn't kind of really get a handle of the fact that this was my life. Like I loved my son and I loved him, I loved him so much, but I I wasn't working and um, so I was drinking a lot more. So my drinking had always been reasonably social, but I actually, when I was reflecting on actually coming on this show, I liked living on my own all my life at various points because I could drink and no one was there to know what I was doing. So when I was actually able to properly reflect back on my drinking behaviour, I've always been a problematic drinker like always, but it was just disguised as just social and, you know, fun and what have you. So when I was pregnant with my son, because I'd been living in London, so I was living a party lifestyle, like, you know, it was recreational drugs and alcohol and everything, fell pregnant, and I managed to stop everything straight away, including smoking, just stopped. And I thought, oh, I've licked this, I've got this. Then my son was mm-hmm. born and I was kind of okay for a bit, the drinking came back in again, but when I was pregnant with my daughter and had my daughter, it was I was in a different space by this stage. Um, and so I drank a little bit while I was pregnant. I drank while I was breastfeeding. She was it was difficult for her to feed. She just wasn't a good feeder, and I was so relieved that she couldn't breastfeed properly and I could bottle feed her because it meant I could drink again without feeling guilty. Like it was just horrific. And you know, the kids would be crying in bed in the morning, and I didn't want to get up. I'd be really grumpy as soon as I got up I was hungover and I'd promised myself I wasn't going to drink today and then by about three o'clock I'd just be desperate for a drink and it would the drinking was getting earlier and earlier my relationship was actually in the toilet like beyond in the toilet by this stage I just was like this is just I don't want to be like this is not how I want it to be and so I just decided I just wanted to be happy I just said I just want to be happy and I need to stop drinking and I did when you describe this, the life that you had found yourself in, in a way, it's like, how did I get mm-hmm. here? Like, what is, who is this child? And like, what is this relationship? And what is this dependency? I think there are so many people that are caught offside by life. And if you do not have the self-awareness and the tools in your wellness toolkit to cope, scratch that, to deal with what life hands you, you can become dependent on a substance like alcohol so quickly. And I differentiate between cope and deal because there had been tragedy in my life and trauma and I was using alcohol to cope with my feelings, with how I was going, with imposter syndrome in my career. And I believe that each person is put here to deal. And so there's the coping mechanism and the coping strategy, and that does nothing. When you deal with your situation, when you deal with your dependency disorder, when you deal with your shitty relationship, that is when you can start moving forward and making progress. And the reason that I just wanted to like put a little timestamp on this point of the conversation is because there'd be so many people listening that are like the reason that I, but the reason that I drink is because of all this crap yeah. that's happening in my life, right? But that's not the solution. Alcohol doesn't change it. Your situation isn't going to change until you deal with it. 
So you find yourself in this life where you're like, I don't even know who this Fiona is. Like, what is going on? I find it interesting that you were able to stop drinking during your first pregnancy. And and I think a lot of women resonate with that because all of a sudden you love something bigger than yourself. Anything is possible when you're when it comes to your children. Absolutely anything. But you didn't, that self-love wasn't there because you didn't love yourself enough initially at that point to go, oh, well, I'll stop for me because I'm important. How then do you change your behavior, your life, your relation? Like there's so much to change when you're sitting in that place. So I think it's really interesting what you just said then about before about the mother and the baby and stuff, because I think like we need to have a purpose or a reason or an intention for doing anything, right? And so I think for me was actually like I just actually had was just about ceasing functioning properly as a mother and I had a lot of anger and stuff, you know, and it was like suppressing the emotions with alcohol and not deal, not dealing basically. But I think, you know, for me, my kids were actually a very big inspiration for me initially to stop because I just wanted to be a good role model for them. Like I'd been brought up in a, in a, in the, obviously the Australian drinking culture. My family were always really big drinkers. We'd go to barbecues, there'd be alcohol. Then, you know, we'd go for dinner, there'd be alcohol. Like alcohol was part of all of our social gatherings, my whole entire childhood. And, um, you know, my ex was a big drinker. His family all enjoyed drinking as well. And I just was like, okay, I've got a problem here. You know, I'm not going to call myself an alcoholic or anything like that. I have actually got a problem here. I've been trying to moderate and cut down for about 12 months now and not having any success at all with that except feeling even worse about myself. I actually think I need to stop drinking. Uh, I looked into AA and it just wasn't for me. And then I came across Hello Sunday Morning. I just Googled up. I can't even remember what I Googled, but I was like, I need help, need help, need some support and accountability here. <laughs> I think something else that happened for me as well, which was, incredibly pivotal and happened um, probably two or three months, maybe not even that long before I actually decided to quit for good. And I was driving along one day in my car and I was so hungover. And I, uh, you know, when your skin just looks shit and like my eyes were all glassy and I just, I, you know, I, I really wasn't even observe, looking at myself in the mirror by this stage. You know, none of my, I just wore big baggy clothes. Like I was about 30 kilos heavier than I am now. I just, I felt horrific. And I looked in the rear vision mirror of my car as I was driving and I saw the two kids in their car seats, you know, like I just shouldn't have been driving anyway. And I was so hungover and I looked in the rear vision mirror and it was like my eyes caught my eyes as I was looking back to see the kids. And I heard this voice inside my head. It was spoke directly to me and it said, Fiona, you have to stop drinking and you have to start meditating. Clear as day, clear as day. And I, at the time, was just like, oh, my gosh. But it was like I'd been given an instruction and I knew what to do. And so for me, it was like, okay, I've, I've got my path of action. I've got no idea how I'm going to do that. Like the idea of that is beyond my ability to even fathom or cope. How am I going to stop drinking? I don't even know how to do that because that's the only way I've got of coping with my life right now, not really recognising that the, the alcohol was creating a problem rather than actually fixing or addressing the problem. And I think that's for a lot of us what we do. We think, I need a drink, you know, I deserve a drink or, you know, my day's been so tough and I need to have a drink. It's like the the alcohol doesn't help. It just makes things worse, actually. And I really believe, um, you know, that was my divine intervention, if you want to call it, that day when it was basically like stop drinking, start meditating. Here's your pathway. You don't need to overcomplicate this. It doesn't need to be more difficult than that. And when we make a decision, like when we 
say yes. When we properly decide, miracles happen. It's a really tough thing to hear when you're sitting on the other side of it, when you're sitting in a big pile of steaming shit that is your life and you have to have this tough conversation with yourself and recognise and realise that you created this reality yeah, and you are the only person that can fix it by creating a new reality. And that sucks to hear yeah. when you are not in a good space. One of the biggest pieces of this whole bit is the acceptance of, well, I'm here because of the sum total of my choices. No one put alcohol in your mouth. You put alcohol in your mouth. I'm sorry, sweetheart, but guess what? You could not put alcohol in your mouth and see what that looks like for you. When it dropped into my spirit, this whole like whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you are spot on, sister. I don't know if you grew up religious with a higher power or a universe or a whatever, but when that voice came to you in that car and said you've got to stop drinking and start meditating, do you think it was God? So for me, God is everything right it's just god is yeah. everything i'm part of god you're part of god we are we're all one like we're all connected and people go it's it's not new agey woo 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 stuff that i'm talking about mm-hmm. it's like it's it's real and it's practical it's practical but it's also very challenging because for us to be connected with that and to be aligned with that we have to clear the clutter we have to clear the stuff that's that's blocking us from experiencing that so the further along this path that i'm going the more deeply I believe in in that power because I'm seeing the transformative healing power of that, of, of accepting that as, as my existence, as my reality, not only in my own life but in the lives of the people I am connecting with. I'm seeing it. Like it's, it's, it's a tangible thing for me now. It's not just some esoteric concept. I absolutely believe that my life is being guided and it's taken a lot of work for me to kind of speak that with humility you know um because I'm nothing special like none of us are we're all we're all we're all equal in God's eyes you know what I mean we're all part of God but to accept that I am part of God and to want and have this absolute desire, which I, I, I think you have too, Maz, to share that. And, you know, this conversation for me is about us being honest and mm. um, not mm. ashamed and um, wanting what we have experienced for other people. Like I just want other people to feel peace like this. I just, That's like, it. It, we can feel so peaceful. Like I just think this this sense yeah. of growing in a peace and calmness for me and confidence and certainty and belief in my purpose and my mission and what I'm here to do and the doubtings just the doubtings disappearing and the the self-sabotage and the talking down to myself and you know giving myself a hard time and well it's just kind of just it's like the scales fall away from your eyes almost in a way the judgment's disappearing like it's just I just I just want people to be happy. Like I want to be happy and I want other people to be happy. Mm. That to me is the experience of God. Absolutely. For someone who's sitting on the cusp of sobriety, it is a very, very, very daunting, scary situation 
even though we know on the other side of your last drink is this reality that you just, oh my God, just embrace it. But you yeah. can't get there until you get there. So give me the real life from when you take your last drink to signing up to he- Hello Sunday morning, when you started to feel Almost immediately. So when I, I just, I was, it was probably like two o'clock in the afternoon or something. It was a, ra- it was a Wednesday or something. It was just a random day. And I just thought that's enough. I've had enough. Right. Google, Google, Google. And obviously I think I must've had a fight with Brendan or something must've happened. I, don't, I never advocate that people have to leave their partners or anything like that to kind of stop drinking. It doesn't, I, I, I think we have to make the most of where we are and make things work where we are. But for me at that time in my life, I just, I just couldn't see how we could make it work. There was a, a need for me to do it. It wasn't just about my health and feeling shit and stuff. So anyway, when I was signing up to this thing, you had to have an avatar and I'd never had an avatar before. I'd never had had an online forum before. The whole thing for me was just so outside of anywhere I had ever been before, Maz. Like it was just beyond. But I was desperate, let's say, you know, like I was actually at the end. It was like something needs to shift here. I cannot do this on my own, right? So I made my I was like what am I going to call myself and I was like well why am I doing this and I'm like well I just want to be happy so I called my avatar happiness it was amazing because people started going hey happiness like people started talking to me like my name was happiness so I started to adopt this persona immediately I love that you created it you know you were talking before about that thing with God and for me it was actually like you know for me God is trust right Trust in that if if something feels true to me, then I can take action on that without knowing how it's all going to work. Because how do we know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone in five years or 10 years time? We don't. We've just got to trust that the action that we're taking today, like what I now like to think of as inspired action, is because we're connected with that. It's incredibly challenging in the first few days because who are you if you don't drink because you you drink you're a drinker and that's how you cope and that's what you do and stuff so for me one of the things that I found incredibly challenging it was panic inducing almost was this vast barren wasteland of time yes oh my god that was my fear. What do I do? And, of course, I'm at home with two tiny kids. My daughter was one. My son was three. I couldn't go out and do anything. The gift in this kind of thing is is embracing the struggle and in getting excited about your weaknesses being exposed and feeling the pain of stuff that you've been not dealing with for a very long time. But I think one of the things that I really focused on like as I said I I I just shifted my gaze on it I changed the lens I was like I'm happiness I'm creating this amazing life for myself and my kids and you know I'm getting to to rewrite what I thought was a really shitty story and I remember honestly felt like I was staring down the barrel of this future life I did not want to be living and then when I stopped drinking it was like the 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 haze lifted and I was like oh there's just this opportunity for my life now that didn't exist before. The thing that switched your gaze from down the barrel of a life that you absolutely categorically did not want to live or see play out and clarity, productivity, this incredible business that you've created, showing up and being an excellent mother to two children, all of that is now on the table because you took your last drink. 
and that's a hundred percent congratulations to you. Oh, thank you. So it's not just what we stopped doing. So I stopped drinking alcohol, but what I think was the real like lever point for that was that I started meditating. So what happened was, and you know, doing all the other practices and stuff, like I literally threw myself in my whole body into learning how to live a happier, more successful life. Like it just—it literally became my life mission and that's what I now help other people to do. So, but I think it was actually stopping drinking but replacing that terrible habit with a positive habit. And I think that's what we need to look at when we're changing. Often we, we look at, at, at stopping something as being deprivation and hard and, you know, of, or, you know, focusing on what I'm giving up. But I just, from day dot, from dot second, I was like, I'm not going to choose to focus on the negative. I'm going to choose to focus on what is being created here and what I'm gaining. One of my fears going to sobriety was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to die of boredom. But I found, for me, I found fitness. I found a fitness community and I started working out and I got ripped and it was awesome. And so instead of thinking about, oh, I'm not at the pub, oh, I'm not drinking, oh, I didn't go through the drive through bottle shop on the way home, I was thinking about I'm going to this class, yeah. I'm lifting these amounts of weights, I'm doing this. And so I do love that mentality switch where it's like instead of running from something, you're running to yeah. something. If you can focus on what you're running towards rather than away from, it's a really good little mind hack because you won't live in deprivation and and this is why diets don't That's work right. because we spend the whole time calorie restricting and all we focus on is all the stuff that we're not supposed to be doing and that doesn't that negative feedback loop eventually bites you in the butt I think so I love that and whatever that is for anyone yeah. listening it could be meditation it could be fitness it could be cooking classes it could be learning a language it could be find a thing to focus on that's positive for you and that is going to make you you're just not going to sit in a room constantly going yeah oh but wine oh but wine oh, do you know the wine. other thing that really helped too like there's it, it, like it's really interesting just even having this conversation out because like I've sort of developed a, a program to support people through change whatever that change is it doesn't really matter the process for change remains the same so you need to get really clear on like what why you want to change like what do you what what are you moving from so for me it's like I never wanted to wake up with a hangover ever again you know I want to be an excellent role model for my kids I wanted to be the fittest and healthiest and happiest I'd ever been I wanted to run this um, you know amazingly successful global business highly profitable like have this amazing life be able to travel like have be able to practice discernment with money like I got so clear on what I actually wanted for my life but I had a few points which was like I'm not going back there and one of them was I'm never going to wake up with a hangover ever again like that's just not on the cards for me but then what that means is when we're clear on like what we what we are moving away from without running away from it but being clear on we're not going back there and where we're moving towards you have this ability to then make decisions so yeah it's like either yes or no right and so people used to say to me, you know, I'm sure you had the same thing. I'd have a lot of conversations with people, particularly in the early days, because honestly, me drinking was so triggering for other people because I drank with everyone. I was the drinker right? and I was often the most drunk and I was often the most bloody loud and stuff. So I made other people look good, right? You're the person that everyone else in the room was going, well, at least we're not as drunk as Fiona. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. When I stopped drinking... It was challenging for people around me as well because everyone has to look at their shit, right, when someone changes like that. 
But of course, you go out and people say, you know, just have a drink. And I used to do this to people too. Just have one. Just have one. You know, you can do it. Oh, don't worry about it. Just have one tonight. You can start again tomorrow, whatever. So I had to find ways of communicating what I was doing without being judgy. But what helped me was people would say to me, are you not drinking? Or, you know, why aren't you drinking or whatever? And I was like, because it's just not working out for me anymore. I love what you've done is embraced your own story and accepted it for you. And the key is for you or for me. So what what you've done, and this is really key to anybody who is, you know, on this podcast journey and, and going, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, I've had my last drink and I'm on, I'm on board. You are going to get backlash. There are going to be people that have a problem with you. People will get angry at you. People will yell at you. People will try and sneak shots into your hands. And I think owning your own story and saying, hey, I'm not drinking because it's not working out yep. for me and I can only make choices for me, that I think puts other people a little bit more at ease because they have no choice but to accept where you're at. There'll be some asshole at a bar that will make you feel like crap for making a great choice for yourself, but don't backtrack on the choice because of them All you're really doing is highlighting their own insecurities about their own choices for their life, which you can't do anything about. So everyone just look after yourself. Do you know, it's funny because you know this idea about sober curious and grey area drinking and stuff, and I'm a little bit like, oh, God, you either got a problem or you haven't. Like, let's not sugarcoat this. Let's not bloody make this something it's not. The question I ask people, they'll often say, oh, you know, have I got a problem and stuff? There's a very simple exercise you can do. Just sit with yourself. Just close your eyes for a second and sit with yourself and just go, am I honestly happy with the amount I'm drinking? And you'll get a yes or a no. And if it's a no, I'm not, then do something about it. Yeah, and I think, you know, any amount of time off is a great start. The longer you can do that, the more you're going to explore what sobriety can look like and 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 that's why you have stories like this it's been 10 years it's been 10 years since you had a drink for a reason because drinking wasn't working for you and not drinking is so you do the thing that does work that's it and like and what is life it's the sum total of our experiences Mm -hmm. and who's in control you there's a um american motivational speaker i absolutely love him called les brown and he had this quote If you do what is easy, your life will be hard. But if you do what is hard, your life will be easy. I love that. Everything I do has really come about through what I've learned through my teacher and through my own lived life experience. And so the stuff that I teach absolutely works, like because it's based on how it is. It's not me just saying, oh, I think this is how it is. It's like these are the steps. This is what you need to do to create that long-lasting change in your life. Obviously, I'm the happiness hunter, right? And that the whole business came about because I'd created this avatar called happiness. Like, and I've just kind of followed what felt true to for me. And happiness is to be found in the overcoming of obstacles and challenges in our lives, not in the absence of them. Because it's through it's through the adversity and the challenge and the struggle that we grow, that we come to understand who we are, that we come to become aware of our weaknesses and be more aware of our strengths and can learn who we are and discover what what we are capable of and what our potential is and what our possibilities are. You have 
nuggets of gold on nuggets of gold, Fiona Redding, and I love it so much. I'm so glad we connected through our sobriety stories. Oh, Merz, thank you so much for having me. And just on that, we connected. The reason we're friends is because we didn't drink. Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.